Guardate che continuo di odio perché il look lo si hanno. I just like to tell. I stopped. For a quick break. A quick promotion. Because I need to eat my pizza. You see, I'm very hungry to eat a meat feast and a chicken tikka pizzeria. Straight from um, pizza place. Um, buy one, get one free. Chips, mayonnaise included. Now, I'm very sorry for this personal blade, my dear, sincere. I'm going to make this very clear. Listener. We'll continue to read this audiobook that is never before about Lucky Luciano in his own the biggest gangster in history the most luckiest guy in history as we go in to Lucky Luciano Look, now I told you about the, the ship part of the booklet as he had the party on the ship did Lucky Luciano It's very tempting sometimes to to try to advertise um, the chicken tikka pizza with um, garlic, spices and a bit of meat feast like a pork and the duck and chicken wrapped with tomatoes. So, as we get into it, I've got the right part now. Here we go, Lucky Luciano. By the time Luciano boarded the lock-in on the morning of February 9th, everything was ready for him. His new wardrobe had been delivered to his cabins. The three girls selected by Joe and Onice, with the assistance of his former girlfriend Virginia Hill, now the mistress of Bugsy Siegel, were in adjourning cabins, hampers of the deli, of the foods that contained the turkey, the roast, the beef, the pastas and other Italian delicious food, magnums of the finest French champagne, wines, the best liquors were spread out on the tables. 
Luciano's closest friends, of course, were there. Mayor Lansky, Frank Costello, Bugsy Siegel, Willie Moletta, Longi Willman, Tommy Lucchese, Joe Antonis, Joe Banano, who started the Banano family, Albert Anastasia, the leader of the Murder Inc., Steve Magadino, and the rest. With Anastasia came a newly prosperous Carlo Gambino, whose fortunes has whacked the black market in food and gasoline in Russian stamps, who had become important underboss in Brooklyn. There was hardly an important underworld leader in the country absent from the Laura King. For some it was time for a reunion apart from years apart because of the war. Phil Castal embraced Owen Madan and Mo Dalitz from Cleveland, smart bloody at the sight from the boys from Philly. But the underworld was not the only world to send its representatives, Luciano said. We said, has some of the country's top political leaders there too? And a few who can come at least send a representative. I helped elect over 18 important politicians in my time. So at least they could fucking do was turn up and drink a glass of champagne and wish me good sailing back to my native country of Italia. Anastasia's boys kept the newspaper guys far away enough away that none of them could get any good pictures, which was my way of doing them a good turn for showing up. The party was a gay fucking one. But there seemed little doubt that anyone's mind that was nothing permanent in this verse. Luciano, just going to take a short vacation and soon he would be back in New York where he belonged. Then abruptly the farewells were over and the Lokin was on her way. Luciano says, I felt like all of a sudden I was all alone. Well, I don't mean exactly alone, because they were these three beautiful girls who were on me dick, serving me a nice night in bed with these three broads, who were half clocked down below somewhere, having their own little party in my master bed. And there was about 15 of uh, deportees on board. I only knew a couple of them. I, I really felt like I was in the middle of absolutely fucking nowhere. I began to get this real sour feeling in my stomach. And when the pilot horn started to blow, the sound of it seemed to fill the inside of my fucking belly. The only other time in my whole life that I had this kind of experience was when the gates closed behind me 
Antanimo, please. Luciano continues. It was really cold that day. We sailed. I stood up there on the deck, watching the skyscrapers of Manhattan going by. I looked at the Statue of Liberty, and I made myself only think of one thing, that I was taking a vacation trip, and pretty soon that the lady would be saying hello instead of goodbye. Then I realized that I was not alone. Two guys were leaning on the rail, watching me. One guy was from the U.S. Immigration Department to make sure I didn't jump off the boat into the water. Not until we was in the middle of the Atlantic so they'd watch me fucking drown. I didn't find out who the other guy was until about half an hour later. Luciano continues. The Lolokin suddenly stopped moving because of a fireboat pulled up alongside. I see some guy in a fancy overcoat with a velvet collar scramble up the boarding ladder. It was the Honorable Mayor himself, Bill O'Dyer. He grabbed me around his shoulder and the other fella who didn't give his name starts walking ahead of us and we followed him to my cabin. Luciano continues. O'Dyer said to me, Charlie, this is Moy Weinstein, one of my personal men. He's on Captain Ballstaff downtown. Now he'll see that nobody bothers you. I made a personal guarantee. You see that nobody bothers you. I made a personal guarantee that you wouldn't pull anything. So the immigration is getting off with me. But please don't let me down, Charlie. I said, don't worry about nothing, Bill. I want you to know. I appreciate the fact that you've come out to do this personally. He said, Charlie, I owe you everything I have, along with lots of apologies. We don't have to talk about anymore. You know I couldn't go to the bus tournament, but I couldn't let you leave without personally shaking your hand and wishing you well. I almost blubbered. I wish there was some way to answer him, but I couldn't get the words out. He gave me a whack on the back and said, Alava Dirike, and I started to fucking laugh. At the way he said it with his half-assed Irish fucking voice. Luciano continues. That was the last goodbye inside the Flema limit. And the next thing I knew, I was surrounded by absolutely nothing. But what the... The skylight was gone. And the only thing you could see from any part of the ship was the big ocean. I guess when I really knew I was on my way back to Italy, I didn't like it one fucking bit. Luciano continues. The Lola Keen 
wasn't exactly the Queen fucking Mary. One little wave and we were ready to launch the fucking lifeboats. Personally, I'm not a very good sailor. I remember when we used to go deep fishing off in Miami. I was always the first guy to hit the rail. So, the first night out on the ship, I was green from my head all the way to me fucking toes. All I wanted to do was lay on the bunk and groan. Luciano continues. But in the morning, the sun was out and we were sailing on the sea. And that was as smooth as glass. When I woke up and seen the sunshine coming through the porthole, it was a little shot in the arm. I took a quick shower and then I stood in the middle of my cabin, surrounded by four water trunks full of clothes. That's when I realized that I was fucking scared shitless. There was three gorgeous girls waiting for Charlie to flow me some of that Gucci. But I was so nervous that all I could think of at that time, I went to Jenny's place to get the clap. The time I couldn't get it up. Shit, I could not get my fucking dick up there. So I'm standing there, stalling myself and wondering what the fuck to do. Have I lost my fucking mind? I can't even fuck this bitch. Then I got the idea that I should open up the trunks. The biggest one first that had all stuff from Kyle's that Frank Costello and Antonis picked out for me. And the others that my brother Bart had been holding for me in storage was in the next. I spent the next three fucking hours trying on every single suit and pants and shirt in underwear. All them four fucking trunks. Finally, there's a knock on the door. And in comes this guy, Molly Weinstein. When he gets a look at what must have seemed like a 500 garments spread a lot over the floor, at the bunk and the chairs, he bursts out laughing. He says, Charlie, what the hell are you doing? I says, Molly, what the fuck does it look like? I'm trying on my clothes. Weinstein shakes his head and says, if I ever tell this story when I get back, nobody will believe me. You're not in here trying on clothes. You're just afraid to come out and face those beautiful babes that you've been trying to fuck but been can't since 9 o'clock this morning, man. What did the fuck is wrong with you? Of course he was right. Something was fucking wrong with me. That's why I could not get my dick at these nice broads, man. Anybody else would be as sighted as a motherfucker. But he was right. I losing my fucking mind. I scared shitless. This is ice for me. I was really worried how I was going to make that choice. The only thing I did know was that they had figured right down to the last nail. 
they knew that I was going to be chicken. They had already tossed the coin to see who would get the first whack. It turned out by this girl, Billy. She was blonde, very tall, with a bill that couldn't be believed. The minute I walked out on deck, there she was, waiting for me again. I followed her into the cabin on the table in the middle of the cabin. There's a whole layout of Nova Scotia salmon and warm bagels, cream cheese and scrambled eggs. She shut me down and started to serve me from the buffet. She must have seen that I had a funny look on my face. She could tell I was embarrassed. Now she smiles and says, if you're gonna be with a Jewish girl, Charlie, you got to learn how to eat a real Jewish breakfast. Then she says, My name isn't really Billy. It's Rebecca. So from here, Jenna, forget the Billy, call me Becky. I only let my friends call me that. I didn't leave her cabin until three o'clock the next morning. Finally, I got it up. I wasn't green no more now. I was just tired from fucking. I don't want to sound like I was some kind of lover. A Rudolf Valentino or something like that. The funny thing that happened after a few days, them three girls started fighting over me. And so I couldn't understand why, because first, it's like I was crazy that I couldn't get it up the first time. Now it don't make no difference. I could have, could have, fuck, get, get a fucking out of here, Oliver, man. Fuck off, Oliver. Sorry, I was interrupted by the fucking Oliver again. So. Don't make difference. Whether, as I continue, Luciano said, whether I spent nine and a half years in jail or not. At that point, I was pushing on 50 years old. I was no rabbit. I had used to money keep them off me once in a while so I could list. But the first time I heard the figures screeching at each other, the cabin was who was to get the next shot? <laughs> That's when I knew I was free! 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 Luciano had other reasons to feel a sense of security in his rediscovered freedom. Once out to sea, he opened a bon voyage, envelopes left by him by his business associates, counted up more than 160,000 in cash. The amount itself made little impression on him. Just that quick calculation showed it would enough. Would you please shut the hell up? Shut the damn hell. Shut up. I'm doing a fucking podcast here. Shut your fucking door. Shut the fuck up.
Sorry about the interruption. Just a shut your door. Just a quick calculation so that would be enough for purpose when he arrived in Italy. Especially since he had been assured a continuing flow for Costello and Lansky and Andonis from the interest he had left in their care back in the United States. The two weeks at sea provided Luciano for the first time in a decade with plenty of time to relax and to contemplate the future without restrictions and constant pleasures. He paid little mind to other deportees sailing with him, Luciano says. They was on the guard on the deck below mine. A couple of them from my outfit and one time I seen them. The first thing they said was they expected me to take them under my wing. Then we got back to Italia. I let them know right away to expect no fucking favors from me. After all, who knew what one of them was crazy? Guys might pull and then screw me up in Italy. From one end of the country to the other, I couldn't afford to take that chance. So Luciana spent his time with three guys and with Weinstein backed on the rigorous program of gymnastics, weightlifting and yoga to take off 15 pounds he had gained at the Great Meadow and get himself back into solid physical condition. When I arrived in Italy, any one of my suits fit like a glove. The old ones and the new ones. I was probably the best dressed guy that ever come from America. I had a different suit on every day. 